Today on Give a Fuck. This episode is about COVID fatigue, but it is also about mental health. Because of Corona, I lost my job. That maybe it's the right time to start something new, which is related to my passion, which is wine. So I just took Corona as the biggest adventure, and uh, I created my bubble, my new world. But I love it. One two, one two. Ahoy. Bonjour. Ciao. Hello. Hola. Oui. Hello. Welcome to Give a Fuck, a podcast exploring what matters in culture, media, advertising, and whatever else we feel like discussing. I can't stand it anymore. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Haters gonna hate, and ainers gonna hate. I am talking about COVID-19 the buzzword of the last 12 months. Every time I open the news and hear Due to the unprecedented time of the COVID-19 global health pandemic crisis I feel like poking my own eyes out with a hot needle. (coughs) COVID fatigue definitely got me. And to be fair, we are all growing more and more resistant to any kind of new information about this whole thing. Germany is struggling to cope with a surge of COVID-19 infections. Despite being in a soft lockdown for five months... But exactly in these times, we absolutely have to work for and on ourselves. It might sound too egocentric, but shifting focus is something that can literally save your mental health. Okay, I'm bored in a house and I'm in a house bored. Bored in a house and I'm in a house bored. Bored in a motherfucker in a house bored and I'm bored in a motherfucker in a house bored. At least for me, personally, getting up, getting ready, and leaving the apartment to go to work, even though there is just about five of us in the office, definitely helps. It feels like some kind of normalcy, some kind of routine and regularity. Niggas so bored, I'm losing my mind. All these girls tell them one at a time. Niggas still hating, tell them catch me outside. I'm finito, finito. Some people might argue it's not good to pretend. Instead, let's confront the elephant in the room. Embrace the change and adapt to the new normal, the world of constant home office and self-pity. I say no fucking way. I'm a socialize at a distance, I'm living my best life, minding my business. I say work and routine is the only savior when the world seems to be upside down. And I refuse to feel guilty about it. Little did you know, I am not the only one who thinks that. Really? There are people like me. There are people who still have a strong need to keep on living and keep on doing things. I decided to speak to them because they really inspire me and because they definitely kicked COVID fatigue in the ass. Hi, my name is Jake, and welcome to yet another episode of Give a Fuck podcast. And today we are going to be giving a fuck about kicking COVID fatigue in the ass. Give a fuck. Here comes Gules, a friend of mine who I have known for a few years. She is an expat living in Germany. She is originally from Turkey, her husband is Italian. And during the shitstorm of 2020, during all of these things that had happened 
to the world and to her and her husband personally, they still managed to kick COVID fatigue in the ass and they opened their own business. Here is Gulis telling us more about her journey. So what's happened is that, you know, because of Corona, I lost my job, that I lost my uh, full-time job at a big fashion company. So it was also like another frustration coming um, after, like, you know, like learning that there's a pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a moment that I told Marco, like my husband, okay, I have nothing to lose right now because I lost my uh, full-time job. So I'm in a country that I um, I live like for more than six years. So um, maybe it's the right time to start something new, uh, which is related to my passion uh, for a long time, which is wine. How did it start? What exactly mm-hmm. did you do when you lost your job? And before mm-hmm. I'd actually ordered my first bottle of wine from your website. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I can also, just because you mentioned we were working together, like, you know, in the agency, I can also mention the original idea, actually, initiated back in uh, 2019 when we were working together, like in the same agency. Uh, so it was it was more about, like, you know, having a wine and snack bar in Dusseldorf, actually. And uh, it was a dream, like dream started like that. And then it was kind of in the air, but the idea was there. So uh, in a different shape, let's say. Uh, I said, okay, I mean, I need to optimize this plan a little bit maybe, because obviously nobody goes to restaurants anymore. Everything is closed. Like it's a different world uh, post COVID. So I optimized the plan and um, I wanted to make it online, obviously, like, you know, still uh, working with the producers that I, we were uh, dreaming of, like, you know, with Marco. So we talked to all these producers. Uh, we uh, obviously, like you know, mentioned like you know what we want to do, uh, how we want to proceed, how we want to import wine, and uh, how we want to introduce their wine and why to German markets, basically. So, how would you describe, maybe just in one sentence, the concept of mm-hmm. of wine face? Yeah, it is simple. I mean. It is like your local wine shop, but it's online. So we offer uh, low intervention and organic wines, um, some of them bio with bio certificates. So uh, what happens is that uh, sometimes also uh, there are so small um, producers, winemakers doing wine, making wine for themselves as well. Uh, and they didn't have actually time uh, to get the bio certificate, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I call them low intervention wines. So because really smart. Advertising move to call yeah, something right? low intervention, <laughs> but it's it's true. Yeah, because they don't actually know, like you know, how to do these kind of certifications sometimes, and it can get so complicated sometimes for them to do this. That's why uh, it may not be on their label like a bio certificate, but they are actually sustainable. They don't have any pesticides. They don't have any fungicides, like you know, when they are growing all those wines. So that's why, um, you know, I kind of want to put this and focus on this kind of wines. What do you think um, was the biggest obstacle of all of this? If you look at it Mm. through the prism of COVID and starting your own business, like what was the biggest obstacle you overcame? Yeah, I mean, business wine also like starting uh, you know uh, 
like a preparation uh, part, let's say. Maybe um, I can say bureaucracy somehow uh, can be one obstacle. Not a really huge one though, because in the end it worked out, obviously. But um, yeah, as I told you, it's like there were a lot of forms to fill. And to be honest, just because there's pandemic, maybe it's easier to go to the office and like, you know, explain yourself uh, to a person. Maybe things are getting done like faster, right? But in this case, it was not possible. If you really think about it, do you think that the pandemic made it harder, really like much harder, or maybe it was more like a motivator? I think it's both. But also like it was uh, the motivator for me per se, because uh, when you think about like, you know, my original idea of opening a bar, like, you know, having something physical, I uh, turned this and I made it online because in the end, like, you know, uh, online shopping also kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's a big thing right now post COVID. So that's why I made it, uh, I optimized it like this, the plan. Uh, so pandemic kind of helped in that way. So, so ultimately, I think you, you did uh, kick the COVID fatigue in the ass last year and you did really, really well doing that. Um, so hmm. why should people give a fuck about kicking COVID fatigue in the ass? What is your take on that? Well, um, they should give a fuck uh, to survive, <laughs> to be honest, because, um, yeah, as we told, like from the beginning, it's like really life goes on. It's just you, it, it doesn't stand still, even if we are in a pandemic. Right. So I think um, people should give a fuck about this uh, to uh, survive, to be kind of like, you know, pleased like with their with their own uh, environment and obviously doing their thing, whatever they want to do, want to uh, achieve, even if even in these conditions, because if we don't do this, obviously, like, you know, uh, I mean, we cannot get through this somehow. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think this is really good and unpopular opinion is that life does go on. And even I know that if you don't want me to share this, we can edit it out. But not only you lost your job, but also your Marco lost his job. Yeah. And you also lost your grandma and Marco lost his uncle all mm. in the beginning of the year and all because of COVID. And then mm. you still took all of this irritation and pain and sort of and went on to do great things or do something for yourself and i think that's really admirable besides wine phase i also want to continue my own like you know uh, like part-time maybe but as a freelancer like a marketing brand uh, because i have my marketing and brand background and i want to do something about that as well obviously and i really like support the idea of hybrids uh, working at the moment because i don't support that you should be home all the time because it is sick it is like you know you cannot do this you are so you are a social being and if you do especially like you know our jobs like you know in the creative environment it is impossible to be home all the time like you know uh, in front of a screen it is tiring really tiring actually so um so i agree with you on that yeah yeah the hybrid is really i mean i think it's really good i definitely do enjoy one or two days of home office mm. per week to do some different tasks that i can't do with other people but ultimately i really want to be here i come here every day uh, that i can actually and it's relatively empty which also is safe but exactly. it's nice that at least there is a community of people that come to the office every day mm -hmm. and those are always the same people actually so we are, have like our own bubble and it's actually another thing where i think the bubble creation for expats is really important because i understand when somebody 
maybe wants to meet their parents or grandparents during the week so they don't meet anyone during the the week before or a few days before because then during the weekend oh. they want to meet their parents but we don't have parents here no so we, we don't can't have really... that experience to be honest yes <laughs> yeah. yes exactly so we only meet the same five people every yeah. weekend and we meet them whatever the rules are mm-hmm. you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, i'm sorry to say that but i just cannot not meet anyone yeah it is sick and you are getting like you know you're getting depressed if you don't meet people like you know it is really um necessary actually obviously you follow the rules you obey them you know whatever the restrictions are you you have limitations but in the end you're a social being so <laughs> yeah uh so let's leave it at this gulis thank you yeah. so much for coming in it was lovely talking to you thank you for having me actually uh yeah really i'm i appreciate this uh, that you uh, think of wine face uh, for um kicking covid fatigue uh, in the ass basically so um I'm happy to be here and uh, yeah, anytime uh, you need wine or your colleagues, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> yes, let's just wrap it all up again. Wineface.de, go there, order some good wine, join the sommelier talks on Wednesday and hopefully we can see each other all again in a bigger group at one of your events. Give a fuck. Here comes funny. A person who can do one million things. Not only she worked on a production of a reality TV show in the middle of this pandemic under really different circumstances than normal, but she's also a strong advocate of mental health, meditation, well-being, and hypnotherapy. Here is Funny talking to us about how she kicked COVID fatigue in the ass. Uh, specifically, I got really inspired by stories of people from the last year who did more than just wallow in their sadness, getting depressed, and then glamorizing that depression and that doing nothing, which I think is what the internet is doing all the time nowadays. And you are one of these stories because you actually in the middle of this unprecedented global health pandemic, global health crisis, crisis, economic crisis, horrible, horrible, unprecedented times. So in the middle of this all, you actually took part in a production of a reality show. And that is something that people are really interested in because we can still watch the TV, we can still watch our favorite shows and reality shows, and they obviously get made. And they get made under, I think, a completely different circumstances. So welcome. Thank you for inviting me, of course. Let's first talk yeah. about this whole reality show deal because this is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us something about the concept of the show that you worked on. Uh, it's about uh, basic people who like the idea of uh, making everything out of nothing, which means you go to a wild nature and then you're given some essentials to build your own uh, house. You've got some animals as well and uh, you have some... <coughs> it's a reality show, so uh, we give them activities to do. Oh, 13 season in Slovakia already. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So and every week somebody gets eliminated, they go home. There's lots of drama and so on and so on. <laughs> yeah, it's a reality, as I said. <laughs> I love it. And so you 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 also worked in the the world of production before COVID on the same project as well. And yeah, then it was COVID. it was same project but different approach because yeah, COVID changed some technical things. It was I think it was felt, but yeah, we were. A very nice team, I have to say. So, okay, so how did it all start? So clearly, maybe the production was already planned even before COVID happened. For the, sure. Uh, the, the television, the network knew that they want to run this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when were you booked to work on this show? Was it way, way before or was it just... Yeah, it's way, way before. Yeah. And uh, we got informed uh, beforehand that uh, everyone has to be tested all the time. Um, we got all the rules we have to go through and um, I think that we we've done pretty well because no yeah nothing happened like we we finished the show till the end successfully which is amazing on its own and uh, yeah we had to <laughs> had our uh, temperature I checked each morning each Sunday. morning okay. each morning yeah there was a queue right and um all the all the contestants i suppose also got tested before um they came there and they were supposed to isolate as well but what would happen if somebody would test positive what was there like um another one waiting in the line to be called in if somebody would not be able to join last minute I think that the production is so flexible that they would do wonders for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, as you said, they had to be in a in a quarantine, and uh, well, um, after they got tested, they had to stay at uh, at our place at the hotel. All right. In a hotel. Yeah. But you, as a as a staff member, as a production member, you did not sleep over there. You were going mm-hmm. home every night or every day. Which I think makes it even harder than to really isolate yourself because if you were there for whatever two months, you can kind of it's treat it as a camp. It's hard to say because you know a lot of the a lot of the TV crew have families, they have children, so it's other other thing not to come home each day as well. So I think that a lot of them were actually um, glad that they. I, I was glad that I can go home and have my rest because it's a tiring focus sometimes and of course it's a little bit draining after you know to commute to work um that is in the nature but uh i like it yeah were there any conflicts not be not between the contestants because clearly there must have been conflicts but i mean between the production workers and the staff with regards to covid because i can just imagine that somebody you know really has the mask on all the time some people are a bit more relaxed about it everybody understands these rules differently and they just want to do what makes them comfortable so i can imagine in, a, in an everyday situation especially when they are not all your friends but colleagues as situations like this might occur did that happen yeah um i like to check the atmosphere as you know and i think it changed a bit but it's uh it's a teamwork and uh, I think that maybe some situations were tense or yeah, as you said, some people weren't that um, careful or 
uh, they they didn't uh, obey all the rules. But you know, we are humans, and it's something we have had to also you know get used to it. And sometimes I still you know to to bring my mask as well, and it's you know more than a year or or so. It's kind of weird. And the production team just did what they had to do. So it's not a nice position as well to be in because you have to constantly check on people like some you know bad parent nurse or no the the uh, the how the guard in the in the in jail how are they all right yeah guards jail guards or just just um, guards I mean, but ultimately, you said it pretty well. I think life goes on, and life has to go on, despite the circumstances. And I think that's really important. It's very important to me, and I think it should be important to more people who are maybe now kind of just like always waiting for the next week to be better than the previous one. Because I think that's what many people do. They're just like, "Oh, let me not do this because." The numbers are really bad. The COVID numbers are bad. I'm gonna wait until next week to book a holiday. I'm like, no, dude, book your holiday now. You can go to Spain, just get tested before. When you get there, isolate. You can have a good time. Those people are enabled to do this, and instead, they choose the fear. They choose the staying at home and not doing anything and halting all of their activities. So how important it is for you to keep the clear head through all of this, and how do you do it? I think it's the most important and it doesn't matter if the covid is here or not because for me my life hasn't changed when when um, yeah it has changed of course in many ways but the the core of my life ha- hasn't changed and that means that I just uh, I just feel like most of the people uh live the life I lived before because I uh, Yeah, I didn't have job that uh, was actually going to work, you know, from eight to four, nine to five. How's it called? I I, I can't. I don't know the phrase because it's so not. <laughs> it's so not me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I I was working from home or from other locations all the time, and. Uh, I think it's normal. Of course, uh, you need your working space, and you can you have to uh, you know, build it, create it for yourself. But um, I don't think that uh, people should stop living their lives. And I didn't allow Corona to do it in in my life. Of course, I'm not traveling that much. That's for me. That's the biggest one. And as you said, maybe I have to just uh, take this step. And do something with it, but um, I just go outside. Like nature is still here; it's everywhere. For me, it's the it's the best way how you can you can keep your mind clear. Uh, it it the the air is so much different than the one we have inside that you can instantly feel it in your body when you're outside um, and uh, yeah I'm, it's it's now it's a cliche already but I'm into meditation a lot any kind of if you can choose from many types if you don't like just breathe in meditations because it's so fucking boring for you um, 
you can really go uh, to YouTube and there are so many guided meditations for specific things. For example, I struggled with frustration this year a lot because yeah, I'm a wild child. So a lot of things were uh, forbidden for me as well with the change of the, of the system. And uh, yeah, so I had to check on my <laughs> my frustration, and I and I work with that. But uh, for me, this is this is just um, um, what what uh, keeps me sane my whole life. So I think uh, I I got the tools before, and now with Corona, I just I can explore them more, and I that's see that they work. That's that's the that's the best. 100%. I agree. Anyways, we can talk about this forever. Yeah. And I think it's uh, a really good yeah, topic. Yeah. Um, or him. <laughs> but let's now wrap it up because we need to also end our time here. Uh, what was your biggest learning over the last year to wrap it all up? Do you have one or do you have more? How did you kick the COVID fatigue in the ass? Um, I said yes to it which is one of the three major <laughs> improv rules. Yes, it's the most important rule. Yes, and because uh, there are things we cannot control. And uh, it's usually the things that are just outside uh, us. We only can control ourselves, our feelings, our opinions and our actions. And uh, if you can't change something, then you just have to say yes to it and build on it. So I just took Corona as the biggest adventure and uh, I created my bubble, my, my, my new world, but I love it. And I can tell you that uh, after many, many years, my whole life, I wanted a dog and I got a dog because I, I I, I told myself that I can do it and now we have now we have sauna <laughs> so we actually made our own spa <laughs> uh, you know inside our home so this is it creating out of nothing as on our reality show but yeah I mean so all my life things. that's the thing we have too many things <laughs> okay so we have that and our last question to wrap this all up we ask this uh, every our guest that comes to the show because our podcast is called Give a Fuck because we talk about topics that people should give a fuck about that we, me, I give a fuck about. Why do you think people should give a fuck about kicking COVID in the ass? What's your take on it? Because there are so many other fun things to do. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yes, and as well as leave it like that. It's a nice way how to end on a high note. I thank you so much for coming here today, even though it was through Zoom, but hopefully next time you come over to our office, you can give us a live meditation hypnotherapy lesson, which we will all benefit from. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again very soon. Yeah, thank you. It was nice to talk to you, um, as always. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Give a fuck.
So yes, this episode is about COVID fatigue, but it is also about mental health and mental health is important. And it is even more important to realize that our mental health is only in our hands and nobody else's. Yes, sure, working from my bed can be fun sometimes, but this constant isolation, disrupted regimes and the living under fear are all triggering mental health conditions or even emphasizing the existing ones. So much so that I have to ask if it's all worth it, because it seems to me that no isolation and no quarantining rules would bring us to the exact same positions we are in today, on the 22nd of April in Germany. There is no doubt I am bitter, 100% I am. But risking mental health of the whole population is not a way to go for much longer. In the 2020 World Health Organization survey on the provision of mental, neurological and substance use service amongst 130 countries, results show disruptions of many kinds. Over 60% of countries reported disruptions to mental health services for vulnerable people, including children and adolescents. 67% saw disruptions to counseling and psychotherapy. 65% to critical harm reduction services and 45% to opioid maintenance treatment. Stephanie Collier from Harvard Health Publishing says in her article that we are still learning about the long-term effects of COVID-19 on the brain. Data from Wuhan suggests that the virus may invade the brain with more than one-third of infected patients developing neurological symptoms. Obviously, COVID patients develop mental health issues even though they do not have the virus anymore. But nobody is saying the reason why. We want to attribute it to the virus. Directly. But that is not right in my opinion. This experience is called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, insomnia, depression, high stress levels. Trauma. All because each person who ever tests positive for COVID-19, and I am one of them, goes into a total deep state of shock. Speaking from my own experience, when I got my positive result, my COVID-19 positive result, all I could think of was how many people have died of the virus that I have, how many people are in the hospitals with the virus I have and how many people are on ventilation with the virus I have. Because that is what I saw on TV, that is what I saw in newspapers, that is what people are talking about every fucking day. And that's the trauma. You observe your own breathing. You observe every sneeze and every cough. It's sick, it's unhealthy and it's not right. Then I realize it's important to put things into perspective. Where are the life counts and death tolls on national TVs of cancer and diabetes patients? Nobody is counting them. Even though the mortality rate of these diseases is much higher than the mortality rate of COVID-19. We live in a world where you can create your own reality, literally, based on what you decide to expose yourself to, what you read and where you read it. I know people who have not left their houses in months. I know people whose grandparents died at home, not because they had COVID, 
but because they were scared to go on a walk around the house, which slowly deteriorated their health. I know people who said they could not visit their family in Turkey for over a year due to COVID, and I know people who went to Turkey twice last year just for holiday. So, what is the truth? Finding it seems to be harder day by day. And if you can't find it, then I guess just make the truth up on your own and to your liking. As it is being said in any good documentary these days, my opinions do not represent any opinions of Havas Germany and its management. Just to be sure, a little disclaimer is needed. So, we reached the end. I want to thank you guys for listening all the way up till now. I want to thank my friend Gulis Vitale from Wineface. And lastly, I want to thank my good friend Fanny from Slovakia. It was really great having them over, it was really great talking to them, and I just loved seeing how people kicked COVID fatigue in the ass differently all around the world. I hope you guys will leave us feedback on giveafuck.net. And until next time, keep kicking COVID fatigue in the ass, because it's almost over. Give a fuck. Music courtesy of epidemicsound.com.